hundred years. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta. Who the f is Mike Young? Would like to thank our incredible sponsor, Blue Team. Ain't nothing funny about a commercial disaster or renovation project. Blue Team handles all aspects of construction, roofing, and disaster recovery for commercial property owners and operators throughout the U.S. No company comes even close to Blue Team. Blue Team handles the projects from start to finish so our clients can focus on running their business, and that is no joke. Call the experts at Blue Team at 855 522 Two five eight three, blue team, anywhere, anytime. Who the f is Mike Young? Who the f is Mike Young? That's a great question. Who the f is Mike Young? Today I'll do more digging into who the hell I am because here I am finding myself in the middle of another project, stressed out, not fully putting all my energies into stand-up comedy like I'm supposed to be. Really just getting my act together, shooting my special, even though I'm on the road with Bob Saget doing 30 shows a year, everything's going great. I could not be more grateful. Gratitude is beautiful, but I'm starting to wonder, am I spreading myself thin? And I only say this because, and I'm not doing this to name drop, but I'm in the middle of doing this Run DMC movie slash potential TV series that of course I said yes to because of course I'd be lucky to even be involved. So today... My episode is about Mike. How the hell did Mike Young get involved with the Run DMC project? It doesn't even make sense. Well, I'm going to answer that question, and it's going to sound like a lot of lies, but none of them are lies. They are all truth, and they are just because I have notoriously gone wherever the wind has taken me. I get along with a lot of different walks of life. I don't judge people. I didn't grow up on the top of the mountain. I didn't come up with a trust fund. I didn't grow up with a wealthy family. I had to hustle. I had to kind of get it going on my own, make my introductions, make my connections. I love people. And along the way, Run DMC were people that I got to meet. And ironically enough, as a kid growing up in Southfield, Michigan, right outside of Detroit, 8 mile, 9 mile, 10 mile, 11 mile, 12 mile, Growing up, I always loved Run DMC. I wanted to be in Run DMC. In high school and on my last episode, I talked about being in a rap group and having a rap career. But Run DMC to me was the biggest, best, most influential group of all time. Every Halloween, I dressed in a gold rope chain, Adidas sweatsuits. I just wanted to be them. I put it into the universe as a kid. I dreamed about it. I thought about it all the time. And crazy as it sounds, I connected 20-some years ago, probably 21 years ago, 20 years ago, with Run DMC. And this is how it all went down. Now, a lot of you have heard me talk about my good friend Jesse Itzler. Jesse Itzler is known as the 100-mile man. You hear him on all the top podcasts. He's been on Joe Rogan. He's been on... Uh, Ed Milet, he's been on Tim, Tim Ferriss, he's been on all these, he, he's been on stage with Tony Robbins, he's a motivational speaker now, he's lived that life, he talks about being an entrepreneur, and he talks it because he walks it, because he is it, because he's been it, and that's real. So Jesse, I met Jesse 20 years ago in Los Angeles, 
uh, when he was in a rap group, well, he was a rapper named Jesse James. Jesse was doing rap. I was in a group called Doc's House Mob. One of my old college roommates called me one day, said, yo, bro, you got to meet this dude, Jesse, who I went to high school with. You guys would get along great. I never heard of him at the time. MTV comes on. There's Jesse James doing a music video called Shake It Like a White Girl. There's the MTV video. I'm in a chicken restaurant by myself one day getting a sandwich, El Pollo something, not loco, but there was like this little chicken sandwich over off Fairfax and Sunset. They had the best chicken sandwiches with the pesto sauce. In walks Jesse, and you can't mistake Jesse because he's six foot three, curly blonde hair, and he looks like he's either going to be singing for the Grateful Dead or running across the country like Forrest Gump in the middle of the movie where he grows all the hair. And so I walk over by myself. I tap him on the shoulder. He's alone. I'm alone. I'm like, hey, man, this is going to sound crazy. But my college roommate, Mark Feinsod, who grew up in New York, says that I should meet you. We should connect and be friends. He's like, definitely, definitely, man. Get my number. Get my number. Take my number. So we connect, and it's just kindred spirits. Every now and then you connect with people in your life. You got kindred spirits. They move like you. They feel like you. They talk like you. You guys share philosophies, the whole thing. And that was it. Jesse and I connected, right? So Jesse had his music career, and it was, it was going. He was signed to Delicious Vinyl with Tone Loke. And uh, I don't I want to say Brand Nubian, but I might be wrong. But there were some other groups on there. There was, there was Loke and Def Jeff. And Mike Ross was the head of Delicious Vinyl, and my man Orlando was working over at the label. And so I was always around Jesse, and I was always around hip-hop, and I just wanted to absorb it and be around it. Well, cut to Jesse's career moves along, and it doesn't really go anywhere as a rapper, but he's still kind of in the mix, and he made great relationships with all these people. And the timing was a little just different for a college-style, party-fun, white rapper, and Whatever happened, Jesse was done with rap for a minute as an artist. But he never left music. So Jesse goes back to New York, and he starts Alphabet City Records, and he's doing songs for the New York Knicks, and he's doing songs for every major NBA team, and he's got a great booming business, and he's killing it. So we remain friends, and I start off my comedy career, and I'm getting going, and I want to be a writer and a comedian. And Run DMC is at the tail end of their career. And I go back to Jesse's office in New York City. True story. I'm staying on his couch. At the time, Jesse had a girlfriend. They were cool enough to just... I've been on more couches than anybody. I mean, if there was a casting couch, I'd be Leonardo DiCaprio right now. Because that's how many couches I've been on. But back in the day, I stayed on Jesse's couch. And I was there for like two weeks... And he's like, yo, Mike, come to the office. You're not going to believe this, but Jam Master Jay has an office here. So I go to Jesse's office in Manhattan, in the city. I go up to the thing, and boom, there's Jam Master Jay. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, I think I'm going to be the fourth member of the group. If it's not them, it's the Beastie Boys, but I'm getting in one of these groups. And so I meet Jam Master Jay. Jay and I hit it off. I tell Jay... Right away, Jay is like the coolest dude I ever met. Like, he's like Snoop before Snoop. Like, you know how Snoop Dogg comes off and he's like, just chill, Uncle Snoop, super cool. Jam Master Jay had the same vibe. He had the best smile that got along with everybody. 
He could, he could hang in the streets. He could hang with the politicians. He could hang with the wealthy white boy. He could go, be down with the, you know, the super fine Jewish girl from a trust fund. He could be hanging out with the, the hood chick. Jay floated in all worlds with equal proficiency. He was the coolest dude I ever met. Fact. So I'm hanging out with Jay, and then somewhere along the way, I, get, I meet Run and D with him. Because, you know, I'm jocking. I'm like, I'm not going to play around. Listen, you're talking about my dream group, who I thought I'd be part of. This is like my life. I'm like, Jess, I can't believe you. I feel like I'm friends with Jam Master J right now. He's like, yeah, Mike, go ahead. Hang out with them. They're looking to do other stuff. If you ever get stuff for them to do, just get it going. So, boom, my entrepreneurial spirit kicks right in. That's all you got to say is, Mike, they're looking for stuff to do. And I'm on the phone calling strangers. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh, I manage Run DMC. <laughs> I manage Run DMC now. So obviously, I'm not the official manager of Run DMC, but I am open to do business with Run DMC. So Jay and I get along great. Run and D and I, we all get along great. And I'm hanging out with the three of them, and I'm realizing Run is hilarious and out of this world nuts. He's just... You know what I mean? He says funny stuff. He moves at lightning speed. D is like the super smart, nerdy, super talented, quiet artist. And J is the cool, one foot in the streets, you know, G, OG, straight up, Hollis Queens, Hollis crew. I don't want to say gangster because he wasn't. But like he just, J could float anywhere. And without him, you don't have shit. He's the glue. So in my mind, I'm like, this is a TV show. That needs to happen. So granted, I don't have a writing credit. I don't have a directing credit at the time. I barely have a stand-up comedy credit, but I do have a comedy credit because I was on the Keenan Ivory Wayne show. So I had like eight minutes of comedy. I had only been doing it for a couple of years, but somehow my manager called me one day and was like, yo, Mike, an actor dropped off the show. They're looking for a comedian. Can you get there by two o'clock? I was like, hell yeah. I don't even know where I was. I just said yes didn't have a good shirt, blah, blah, blah. I get to Keenan Ivory Wayne's show. I practice my six minutes, five minutes that I'm going to do on stage, whatever it's going to be. It's my first TV appearance. I can't even believe this is happening. I do the show. Actually, I get there. I don't have a shirt. Keenan Ivory Wayne's is so cool. He takes me to the dressing room. He's like, yo, pick a shirt. He shows me a rack of dope clothes. And I'll never forget, he gave me a navy blue long sleeve shirt with the whatever the circular neck is, whatever you call that, you know, no, no V-neck corny stuff, no button down corny. It was cool. It was the same shirt I would have picked for myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Keenan gives me the shirt. I go on the show simultaneously. I'm just not even thinking about it, but I'm trying to get run DMC gigs. I get run DMC, a commercial for a, for a company called DOC in Detroit. I know the owner of the company, huge company. They're blowing up. They also now, they own C. You've seen C, S-E-E. You've seen them in malls. Their eyewear. You've seen C everywhere. They're in Miami, South Beach, L.A., New York, Village, Soho. They're all over the place. So I get them a commercial for $25,000. Now, I know that I'm going to take 15% or split it with Jesse because I booked it. I locked it in, and, and I got to get the money. So we go to the commercial, and so now I'm getting to know the group, and they're starting to trust me. Well, I didn't realize everybody watches TV, and when I get to the set, Run is like, 
Man, you're going to tell me my manager's a comedian? I'm bugging right now. I'm bugging out. I'm sitting in bed with my wife. We're watching TV, and here comes Mike Young. Are you kidding me? I can't have my manager be a comedian. Are you a comedian? Or So I had to just calm run down and be like, listen, man, I am a comedian, but I'm also a writer. I'm an entrepreneur, dude. So I'm like, am I managing Run DMC? A little bit. Am I fully committed to comedy? Yeah. Am I fully committed to making a hit TV show with these guys? Yes. So we get past that. Run calms down. Jay's like, yo, Mike, you do whatever you want, man. We trust you 100. So I set up all these meetings in Hollywood to do a TV show with Run DMC. Now, this is 20 years ago. And so this is how I get to meet the group, right? I, get, I meet them. And so I'm taking Run DMC around. Cut. Just understand all you agents out there, managers. Nobody made this happen except for Jesse and me, and the group, and trust, and a bond, and a relationship of people that just trusted each other intrinsically, okay? So I got CAA to back us, because they're just like, I can't believe we got Run DMC, and we go and we meet Paul Sims, who was like the coolest showrunner at the time. Paul Sims at the time did news radio, he did a few other shows. He still, if you watch TV, Paul Sims, he still shows up his name. He's a big-time dude. We get to his office, bam. He's already got a turntable in there, and it's because he loves hip-hop and he loves DJing. And next thing you know, Paul Sims, the dope showrunner, and Jam Master Jay are cutting and scratching in his office. Now... The way I wanted to see the show, I thought it would be a great thing if it was a retired rap group who owns a radio station and they run this radio station and there's all sorts of stuff going on. But I was such an amateur writer 20 years ago that I didn't understand the weight of what had to go into making a show and getting it all together. But Paul Sims was cool as hell and Paul Sims was all in on the show. Well, this is how this goes. So... Run, D, and J, and myself, and Paul, we're all close. We're developing the show, and it comes time to go pitch the show and take it out. And the first place we go is to NBC. And there was a woman running NBC development at the time, comedy, and I don't remember her name, and I don't want to put her on blast, and she was very nice. But her comment back to my agent at the time was that these guys aren't really relevant, and no one's going to really know them. And that's when I knew corny-ass, white-ass suburban ass trust fund lady from wherever you're from if you don't know who run dmc are and you don't know what run dmc represent or who they stand for how do you even have a job that week i was ready to run for job i wanted to be the president of nbc i'm like oh i'll just be a 24 year old president of nbc because she doesn't even know what's going on and she's she's got to run the month she's people are counting on her a public company is counting on a person to put on a show, and this person thinks that the biggest group on the planet who represent a culture and a movement that changed the world might not be relevant. Well, needless to say, a few years later, she was gone. I never heard her name again. Can't remember it now, but, you know, it is what it is. This, this happens all the time. That's why this business is built upside down. 
So we don't sell the show because this woman doesn't know what's going on. Paul Sims ends up getting another show. He disappears. Run D&J, take off on tour with Aerosmith. They go off on tour with Aerosmith for a world tour. And in the middle of that world tour, they decide they're going to take a break. And I don't want to get into too many details about them taking a break. But in between this time, you know, I spent New Year's with them. I was dating my girl at the time. And we went to a bunch of Run DMC concerts. And I just, they're family to me. And it just, I know it sounds crazy. I can hear like my friends' voices. I can hear my comedian buddies' voices in my, I can hear Sebastian in my head right now. How are you going to tell me you're friends with Run DMC? You don't, you don't tell anybody this? You just, you just come to the comedy store and you just, you just do a set and then you leave with Jam Master Jay? I don't understand what's going on. Well, I don't either. But all I can say is I love writing, I love performing, and I love making content. So I also happen to get along in that world. So I don't know what to tell you, even though you're only sending me these messages telepathically. So, and by the way, Kevin Connolly, he doubted everything I ever said too. Mike, come on. You can't be, you're telling me that you're friends with Run DMC. Okay, Mike, really? You're friends with da-da-da. No one believes me. That's why everyone, that's why even when I started directing movies, nobody at the comedy store knew because I wouldn't tell anybody. Because they wouldn't know, they wouldn't believe me. Everything sounds like a lie. Well, it's not. So this is how I, that's how I met Run DMC. So they go on tour with Aerosmith. They cut their tour short, short. And months after they got off tour in October of 2001, I believe, uh, Jam Master Jay gets murdered, tragically murdered in a studio in Queens. And it was just the saddest day I saw. You know, the news came on and it was one of those things where you can't believe it. You don't believe it. And it just, it hit me super hard. It hit every, obviously it hit Jay's family beyond hard. And it was just tragic and terrible. There's never been an arrest made, even though people who are in the know think they know, but there's never been an arrest made. The New York police department stopped really looking into it. It was some real heavy shit and it crushed me. It crushed, you know, um, probably six months before Jay died, I was driving around with Jam Master Jay and I was recording him into my digital microphone because I wanted to do a book about his life. Now, of course, Mike Young, the dummy that I am, I can't find that damn digital recorder. I don't know where it is. I don't know. I mean, I had that thing for so long. It was my favorite thing to record comedy into, content into. I don't know where it is. But somewhere in America, there is Jam Master Jay talking for hours on tape and i was recording jay um jay passed away run and d went their separate ways things got really ugly and torn apart and tormented for a long time you know it was really heavy i obviously i went on to do my comedy and continue writing i was fortunate enough that doug ellen gave me an office at entourage and i got to punch up jokes and work with those guys at entourage and you know, sometimes I'll be on the road and Sagitt will tell the audience 
that I wrote for Entourage, but you can never know that by looking my credits up because I was never a credited writer. But I did put in work for Entourage the first two seasons, and I love Doug for that, and I love all those guys for that. And it was it was the greatest experience for me to learn what it was to be in a writer's room and to learn what it was to crack story. And Rob Weiss was there, and Rob Weiss went on to do Ballers and How to Make It in America. And you know, I remember I remember looking at Weiss one day, and he like he wrote himself into a flu. I'm like, this dude is working so hard, he just got sick. And I knew that writing was work. And so a lot of, not a lot, but some stand-ups are writers and some are not. I am. I'm a writer. I'm a comedian. And cut to 20 years later, throughout all these years, I would run into run. I would see D places. We always stayed in touch. My ex-girlfriend and D's wife remain friends to this day. And we always remain friends. And so Jesse Itzler's 50th birthday party hits a year ago. And excuse me for one sec. One year ago, Jesse's 50th birthday party. Jesse's married to Sarah Blakely. She owns Spanx, created Spanx for women. Beautiful people, beautiful couple, beautiful friends. I stayed on their couch many, many times. That's a whole episode of who the f is mike young because i stayed on their couch for six months while shooting my man as a loser but that's another story so cut to jesse's party last year jam master jay's kids are there i had never met jay's kids and they look like jay they smile like jay they are cool and chill like jay they're super smart like jay and it tripped me out and so we're all we all meet up. We're all standing around. Me, DMC, Rakim, Dougie Fresh, just uh, young MC. Like Jesse had a bunch of old school rappers there. It was incredible. It was the dopest night ever. I connected with Jam Master J's kids. I said, yo, if you guys are ever in LA and you want to hang out and talk, just hit me up. I write, I direct, I do comedy. Whatever you want, man. Let's, you're Jay's kids. I'm down. Cut to six months, fast forward five, six months, Jam Master Jay's kids come to me. They say, Mike, our mom always liked you. She said our dad loved you. We want you to tell our dad's story. So here I am, six months, seven months after that, we got all the paperwork in order. I got the life rights to Jam Master Jay and DJ Hurricane from the Beastie Boys who were best friends growing up, and now I am in the mix of pitching and trying to set up this project somewhere. So I'm just going to be fully clear because that's the way the world is these days. And when you hear Bob Iger on a, on a podcast, you know the world is changing and you can just be free with your speech and whatever happens, happens. So cut to, oh, part I left out, 20 years ago in Jam Master Jay's office, I also met F- Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. Jay was his manager, his mentor. He was trying to work with him. 50 obviously went on to sign with Eminem and Dre, and they started running their own thing, and 50 became a superstar, mega worldwide star. But I remember meeting him, and he was in a T-shirt and short and uh, sweatpants. 50 was writing rhymes in the corner on a yellow legal pad. Jay introduced me to 50, and when I met 50, I shook his hand, and I said to Jay, yo, that's the hardest hand I've ever shook. This kid's got an iron hand. And Jay's like, yeah, he'll knock you out. I'm like, I feel like he could. 
And Jay's like, yeah, he could. No matter how much you boxed as a little Jewish skinny 178-pounder. So right away, I was like, yo, this kid's getting respect. He's about to be something. I remember Jay saying, yo, we're going to pass out 50-cent pieces all around the city, and it's going to be bananas. This kid's going to blow sky high. Well, he did, and Jay did not get to see the fruition of what was to be with 50. But I remember at Jay's funeral, there were rumors about 50 going around and all this tragic, terrible shit was happening. And it was just, it was all heavy. Anyway, Jay's kids approach me seven months ago. Lawyers get together. We put the deal together. I go into Warner Brothers studios. I meet with the head of Warner Brothers, Toby Emmerich. Great dude. Toby showed up, made an exception, had a busy schedule, but he carved out an hour. I walked in with Kevin Connolly, my producing partner on the Run DMC project at the time. And we walk in, we sit at the table and I start pitching him the story of Run DMC and Jam Master Jay told through the eyes of Jay. And long story short, boom, they buy it in the room. Okay. So you think it's golden. You're excited. Kevin and I were driving away from Warner Brothers going, are we crazy? Or do we just sell a project to Warner Brothers and it's like, that just happened. I'm like, I don't know, bro. You're 30 years in the business. I just got here. You tell me what just happened. So we start developing the project with Warner Brothers and it's going on and on. And listen, there's always like little things that happen in these deals. Like for instance... There's always going to be a line between art and commerce. There's always going to be a line between suits and creatives. And every now and then you get some suits that are creative. You do. They're there. Scott Stuber, he runs Netflix. I did a show with him at HBO. Stuber is an executive, but he's also damn smart, great with story. There's a reason and no mistake that he's where he is, period. So we had a few creative ups and downs over at Warner Brothers, and we tried to make everything work. But at the end of the day, there was stress, there was tension with D, and there was tension with, well, with D and Run, and we couldn't get them to come to the table properly. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to D, and I'm getting yelled at by his manager. And now Mike Young is not only trying to creatively write and tell and craft this story that should be a TV series or a feature film, and he's also getting yelled at from New York City across the, you know, across the country. And he's getting told it's not that we shouldn't do this and we should do that. And I'm trying to juggle all balls in the air to keep everybody happy. Because in a super real, just to be fully real with you in a real, real world, the Run DMC story is amazing. But the Jam Master J story is just as fantastic and makes for a better TV series. So we had to keep going back and forth with Warner Brothers because I wrote the outline. They dug the outline. They wanted me to come in and tell them the exact angle. But then they called and they said, we want everybody in the group to sign on. And it just got so complicated that I found myself stressed out. I found myself lacking in my stand-up comedy part of my life, even though I'm pretty damn good at compartmentalizing and I can, I can do my stand-up and I can kind of get everything done and I'm, I'm good. But it always comes back to like, how much energy do you have and where do you want to put it? And I was putting so much energy into this thing because I know it's a gold mine. And I think Warner Brothers just wasn't seeing the TV side of it. And they weren't seeing the, the fact that Jay's story and Hurricane from the Beastie Boys, he wasn't understanding how incredible their story is. 
And I know that this is going to end up being something that if we don't set it up somewhere, somebody's going to do it. And ironically, full circle enough, when I believe in omens, and I've seen them happen, I see them every day because I meditate. I see omens. How about I'm going into 50 Cent's G-Unit company, and I'm going to pitch the Jam Master J story. And we're going to keep it simple, and we're going to keep it real, and we're going to keep it authentic, and we're going to do the right thing by Jay's family and by Hurricane, who was Jay's best friend growing up in Hollis, and they got a story that's never been told. And you think you know what Run DMC was going through, and you think you know what Jam Master Jay was all about, and you think what, you know what kind of life he was living before he got to be famous, <clears throat> you have no idea. But you're about to know. And I'm just letting you know, for real, for real, just letting you know that this is how I met Run DMC and Jam Master J. And it is on my shoulders right now to do everything in my power. And my agent, Chris Silverman, Michael Charney over at ICM, my little crew over there, fellas, if you're listening, you have to understand that you're not dealing with a regular person. You're dealing with an entrepreneurial-minded dude who gets along in all walks of life, who's also talented enough to pull off the writing of this. So I know that you got your writers in mind, and I know it happens every day. I get told no every day. One of the first meetings I had, they said, yo, Mike, you're not writing this. I said, that's fine. I'll sign on just as the producer. But here's what's going to happen. In a month, when you realize that Run DMC and Hurricane, and they trust me, and that my work is dope, you can go watch my movies, you can read my next movie, you know, with Aaron Paul and Jeff Daniels. When you realize that what I do is real and my shit is really real, that I can handle this project, you're going to come back to me and you're going to ask me to write something. And that's exactly what happened at Warner Brothers. They started dancing, tiptoeing. The lawyers were doing this. The business affairs is doing that. Finally, they said, you know what, Mike? Let's hire you to write an outline and see where we're at. And I wrote the outline, and they liked it. And that's when they said we need everybody, including Run and D, and everybody to sign on. And that's when I said we're going to unfortunately have to go somewhere else because I can't control everybody in the group. I just have the rights to Jam Master J and Hurricane. And that being said, I have every hip-hop artist in the world ready to give information, respect, love, whatever they want to do to help me tell this story. I don't care. I'll chop up the pie. You could have 50 cent. You can have 50%. You could change your name to 50%. I don't care. I truly don't care. I got enough money just to eat right now. Money's never been my drive because I always believe that money follows. It doesn't lead. So... Who the F is Mike Young? That's, that's how he knows Run DMC. So when everybody's like, how the hell did you meet Run DMC and Jam Master J? This makes absolutely no sense that a comedian would be rolling out with this mega group. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It happened. And it also happened that while I was at Erewhon Foods, I ran into Steven Tyler, who Aerosmith did walk this way with Run DMC at the Grammys. And that's the facts. And... I'm going to get this done for you, Jay. However, I got to get it going. I'm moving. I'm, I'm making moves. I'm manipulating. I'm, I haven't had to call in the street soldiers <laughs> to, to force the doors open. 
But I would. I would. Because you had an impact and your group changed the world and your story deserves to be told. And that's today's episode. How Mike Young met Run DMC on this episode of Who the F is Mike Young? Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back. Never had now. to worry about oh. what I did. The one time I'm a man two. now. What's Check the plan it out. Now? Gotta the get it down. No sound. time for Getting fun down now. now. Take me back uh. when I was a kid. Two. Never had to worry Take about what back. I Coming did. Coming back for you. But I'm a man now.